Oh, God, it's so crowded around here at E3 2019. I've got barely any room to move. Well, that's okay, Drew, because I have a solution to this problem. Oh, what's that, Bryce? Some of your ideas are so wacky. I don't know if I trust you. Well, watch this. Watch this. Why are you putting on a big oven mitt? Ah, well, you'll see. That's better. There's so much more room to move around now, but where's everyone at the Sony booth gone? Yeah, have a look at EA over there. Oh, oh God, they're, they're disappearing too. Bryce, what the hell have you done? Uh, I've snapped them out of existence. What? Just like the bloody Marvel movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Bryce, you're sick. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, just saying, but what did it cost? But, Bryce, what did it cost? A couple of companies. Ah, well, at least the lines to the new Animal Crossing game aren't going to be so long. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the House of Mario, the award-winning Nintendo podcast backed by a 120-power star rating. I am your host, Drew Agnew, and joining me, as always, is the... Bloody wonderful, Bryce. How are you going, my friend? Yeah, that's yeah, short and sweet. I like it. Oh, yeah, yes. Beautiful. Now, let's lengthen it out just to ruin it. Yes. No bugger. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> this week on the show, we're going to be talking about the uh, new Tetris 99 DLC, some uh, cool Pokemon sneakers, how Detective Pikachu is doing at the box office, and much more. But Bryce, uh, how you going, my friend? What games you been playing? What you what you been up to? Good. Uh, as as you know, uh, when we went to watch Detective Pikachu late last week, mm-hmm. um, we went to uh, Target and picked up a few things. Mm. Um, so, mm-hmm. short story: our uh, nearest big Target is closing down. The only Target anywhere nearest. Well, no, we have Target Country oh, in this that, town. Yeah, it doesn't count. Doesn't though. count. No, it yeah, doesn't no, count. right. Okay. So, um, the the only big store sort of Target that we have near us. It, it, um, it, it, if there's a Target that doesn't sell video games, it doesn't count. Yeah, Target <laughs> Country. That used to be where I used to get all my DS games back in the day. Yeah. And they used to have them for $50 all the time. Yeah. Which was great. Yeah. And, and now they don't have them anymore. No. It's annoying, isn't it? Yeah, mm. uh, um, and uh, they finally put up a big old little sticker on the window that said fifty percent off a of ticketed item. So we went in there, and we picked up a couple of things. Yeah, we did. Um, unfortunately, you didn't get your hands on that Monster Hunter. No, oh, they, they they had bloody Monster Hunter with the ticket on, and I took it up, and they said, "Oh no, this doesn't count." I'm like, "God damn it! This is like the thing I wanted the most out of the out tic- of the lot, out of the ticketed items." But yeah, uh, but both of us did get a. St- a R-Wing starter box of um, Starlink mm-hmm. for 25 bucks each. Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty good. Uh, and you also got LA Noir, but you obviously haven't touched that yet. Have you touched Starlink at all? I haven't, no. I'm actually very impressed. Mm. Um, when I initially got the game, I mean, I'd heard heard its praises already. Yeah. Um, but when I initially got the game, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, just fly around and shoot, shoot some shit mission-based stuff. But no, it's pretty spectacular. <laughs> Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> um, uh, did you play in a handheld mode? Yeah, I've played in handheld. Uh, I don't think I've played in Doctor at all yet. But, okay, um, yep. 
uh, I'm I'm really enjoying it. it. It the problem is is like this week has been so full on with how many games I've sort of got coming in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mine's a similar situation which I'll go yeah. into as well. But um, but yeah, just you know, I, I'm talking about old shit here. People have had this their hands on this game for ages, but just like yeah. going into a planet, going into orbit, and then flying off, going to another planet. There's no loading screens. That's like the Breath of the Wild feeling experience type of thing. Mm. But you're in a starship. And you're flying around shooting things and doing missions for people and stuff, and it's all voice acted. Yeah. Obviously, my pilot is Fox, and that's not going to change. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it's really good. Um, I I use the Toys to Life thing a little bit, not too much, and like it's cool and all, but it's also like a slightly sort of meh mm. sort how of does, experience. So how does handheld mode handle like you know yeah you customize your R wing, you're able to swap uh, your, swap your weapons around. How all, does men- hand- all menu. All menu, yeah. Okay. It's all it's all menu. That's there's good. nothing. There's That's nothing. Good. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't force you into it. No, no, no. It yeah. doesn't force you into the toys to life thing. The, it, it does sort of with your pilot, maybe. Okay. You can't just change your pilot too freely, and pilots do have a sort of impact on the game because they have different abilities and stuff. Hmm. But that's. That's whatever, for the most part, I think. I think it's pure personal preference, and you pick one pilot, and you'll probably stick with that pilot for the most part anyway. Um, but just having... just For 25 bucks, the R-Wing alone was like, oh, cool, I get a nice model of an R-Wing, right? Um, but the game itself is pretty pretty good. So I've spent maybe about, uh, anyway, between five and seven hours just, you know, flying around and checking out the planets and stuff like that, and mm. fighting, fighting bandits in space, and yeah, it's been yeah. really, really good so far I'm looking forward to getting into it maybe yeah. sometime later this week like seeing it back at E3 last year and seeing it there I'm like this looks actually pretty good because like obviously pretty sceptical with like a Toys to Life game yeah coming out in 2018 so like, yeah especially I don't, I don't know about this but Skylanders and yeah yeah like you know it's got to that stigma where you know they all died off yeah then Ubisoft come out saying this is us too us too and you know two years later <laughs> but it's a really good Toys to Life game yeah. like I I am I, um, I used, like I said, I used the Toys to Life a little bit, but really I was just sort of like, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm just giving it a crack and it was okay for what it was, but I didn't really care too much beyond like just giving it a go hmm. um, because I've never really been an advocate to Toys to Life and that includes like Amiibo. I, I buy the Amiibo because I like the figures. Yeah. I, I don't really use them for jack shit. So, it's just sort of like... I couldn't tell you the last time I used an Amiibo. No, exactly. Probably Mario Odyssey, just because... Just because you get outfits. That was the last one that was compatible, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you you, you know, you don't really think too much about it, and give it a gave it a crack, and yeah, it was just a good game on its own, so I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. Um, haven't got around to Swords of Ditto yet, mm. unfortunately, because this week's been so stacked with Mother's Day and all that stuff. Um, it is, it, it's on my radar, but I also got another game for review, um, which I won't talk too much about. Um, I'll just bring up that uh, it is Final Fantasy XII, Zodiac Edge. Um, the code was provided by Bandai Namco, who's just distributing here, so thank you guys. And um, there'll be an actual review. I'm doing a written review for dashgamer.com. Mm. So if you want to check that out, um, I will tweet about it. And you can have a look at it. Yeah, and it'll be retweeted and everything from the House of Mario account too. I yep. dare say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. When do you reckon they can expect that? Uh, Roughly, probably early next week. Um, yeah. I got. I got to get the review done by Friday. Mm. And uh, if if you haven't made the connection already, a uh, friend of the show, Dash, he owns the website, and that's who I'm writing for. So, mm. um, yeah, 
go support his website if you ever get get around to it, dashgamer.com, and uh, my review will be up there and you can take a look at it mm. so next week probably. so you got to beat the 80 hour game in the week that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll get I'll get through most of it but the thing is, is like, it's not like I haven't played Final Fantasy 12 before mm. so it's not too difficult to sort of base my conjuncture on like what's improved considering it's a remaster with yeah. some little extra stuff added to it mm. um, it's not hard to base my conjuncture on like just just from what you've played, has it held up well against the PS4 version and yeah, yeah, all that fine, stuff? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think I've noticed any um, any differences between Docked and Undocked, which is really good. Yeah. Um, it's it's a PS2 era game, but it has a lot of very slight details. And with the remaster, obviously, there's some new textures and stuff like that, and just mm. little stuff. And I remember back in the day, just seeing like the screenshots, like back in the PS2 days yeah. it looks stunning yeah it did absolutely stunning I couldn't it believe did. how good it looked and it still holds up today like, yeah yeah it does the, the characters have expressions and stuff like that that you just sort of like this was on the PS2 mm. and it's an 80 hour game and yeah. more if you want to go and finish like all the big bosses and stuff like that I mean it looks similar um, in some ways to Xenoblade 2 like, in ways yes. like, I know it has like a very different art style but like just how stylized and, and very expressive pretty, and, pretty it looks yeah yeah yeah, like Final Fantasy XII is a pretty, pretty good game in general. So, um, I had the PS4 version of the remaster. I played that a little bit, but it's one of those cases where I would love to play this thing portable, and now I am. And so far, it's going really well. I'm over, I'm over ten hours at this point. Um, so I'm gonna play some more. Come Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'll start writing the review and. Ship it off to Dash, and there we go. So you'll be able to check out my thoughts out on that on that article. Yeah, and we'll. Uh, I dare yeah. say you talk about it again too. Yeah, absolutely. When yeah. you've uh, defeated every bad man. Yeah, when I finish the game. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, like just going back to the target. I'm sad the target's shutting down though, but at least we got some cheap things. Well, yeah. <laughs> the problem we're having a lot of trouble in our region at the moment of. Uh, it's a bit worrying, to be honest. Yeah, it is because like we've. It's not like we don't have department stores, but we were hoping that when we got some new, we got some new complexes, um, that had the big W and stuff like that in that we didn't have that before, mm. and we were hoping that it was going to like open the floodgates, all sorts of good things like JB Hi-Fi and stuff like that. But it hasn't. No, and it's sort of just made like this this thing go along. They don't seem too interested, and then you get stores like Target shutting down. They're like, "Oh, should we invest our money into this?" Yeah, and and it's coming at a time too where I've started going digital with my Switch. Yeah, so really, I'm you're part of the problem. I'm part of the problem, but it's not like it's not like these shops are just down the road for us. Just for, no. just for context, like the town we're talking about is Mount Gambier. It's about fifty k's away from where yeah. we are. Yeah, so it's not. It, it is like a a trip to go down like like we do, we do it quite often like you know Mario Odyssey or Zelda or the Switch like we'll make a special trip we'll go down there we'll pick up our Switch and we'll come back Yeah. and like I, I know like in the city for example it'll probably take you half an hour to get to maybe your local shop as well yeah but, but you're you're still in the city sort of thing yeah it's not it's not a huge day venture mm, yeah it feels like so much more of a venture when you're actually going out of a town into another town mm. doing your stuff then coming back and like obviously we do, well, we also don't have the option of public transports and stuff, which makes things harder. Mm. We, you know, we have to provide our own vehicle and petrol and all that shit just to go up there. And yeah, yeah. Now, so now we're just left with um, Big W and EB Games. That's all that we can buy video games, video games from. from. Yeah, and, and they're right across 
like the complex from one another. You can literally the guy at the checkout of EB Games will be staring Big W check out shit right in the eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're just like fighting over the customers, like come here. And like, it, I don't know. I wonder how much longer it will be until like either one of them like decide it's not worth it either. I really it's, hope. I really hope not. We're getting yeah. a new complex built in the center of that city uh, where Fiddlers was. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that's all knocked down now, and the target was behind that as well. well Apparently, they're supposed to be combining those buildings. They they were they were meant to combine with that target. Yep. Now, that were. target's going to be empty, and they're going to put something else there. But Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that they do um, just combine the buildings together, and they make a really good complex in the centre of the city, because the one that was in the centre of the city before, it, it's still sort of there, but it's not... Yeah, it hasn't really been a place to go for at least us for ages. Yeah. Really. And that's sad because it was the original shopping centre of the city and now... I never go there anymore. No. 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 Well, I, I go there because my partner wants to go there, but I'm not there for anything for me. I mean, there, there's a couple of there's a, a couple of good clothes shops there, which I go to, like the men's clothes shops. Yeah. yeah every now and again, because they've got good sales on and whatever. Yeah. And I go there. But yeah, apart from that, like they, they used to have EB Games there before yeah. they moved and... Yeah, I'm just hoping this department store will open the floodgates because it's more in the center of town. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I'm hoping that we do see JB Hi-Fi and all that stuff. Apparently, there's an Aldi going in there. You know, it just just the little things. Mm. I think I think it's important that like, especially now that Target's shutting down, that they yeah. find something. We we have these conversations where it's like, oh, how long until uh, digital games have taken over physical games and like. But when when you're actually seeing it firsthand, like you know, there's one department store left in a town of fifty thousand people. It's yeah. like, oh, you know, it's starting to get a bit scary then. Yeah, it's the second. Yeah. It's the second biggest city in the state, only only subpar to Adelaide. Yeah, and now we've only got one real department store. I mean, we have a Kmart as well, but Kmart's been barren for so long. Yeah, like like if you you can go there for a cheap T-shirt and cheap shoes and like yeah. whatever, but you know. Not yeah. much else lot there. No, they don't yeah. keep much there anymore. No. No. I remember I got my Pokemon Emerald from uh, Kmart. Because oh, they were the cheapest. There you go. I, that's a memory I have. And I, they had one copy left and I had to ask mum if I could buy it. So I before I didn't know where she was and I didn't want anyone else to buy that one copy. So I put it behind like a like the strategy guide section. Yeah. Then mum said, yes, yes, you can buy it, Drew. Well, I'll buy it for you. I don't know. I think I bought it. But... Um, yeah, so I went and got it behind where I hit it, and yeah. You also ran down there to get your Wii U, didn't you? Yeah, I got, I got my Wii U from Kmart too because they yeah. had they had it for like seventy dollars cheaper. Yeah, and now they no longer sell video games. Yeah, so that's I'm the one. I'm the one to kill them because they couldn't afford putting the <laughs> Wii U's that goddamn cheap. Yeah, exactly. They're like, yeah. that's it. This one purchase killed it. It's yeah. over. Yeah, good old Kmart. You know, Kmart was good until they said no more video games. Yeah, yeah. Enough about our local. Yeah. Uh, talking about the death of um, retail stores, Bryce. Yep. I bought a few games on the sale. There's a really good sale on the <laughs> eShop at the moment. Killing our stores one game at a time. Uh, to be fair, none of these games are physical. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I, I, I picked up a lot of games like the previous week, and I picked up a, a three games this week. Have I played any of them? No. No, I haven't. No. You'll get around to I'll, it. I'll definitely get around to it. I'm keen to play these. So, SteamWorld Heist is a game I um, played a fair bit on the 3DS. So it was nine dollars Australian on the uh, eShop. So I'm like, yeah, why not? I really enjoy the st- enjoy the Steam World games, of course. And this is like a nice, it's, you know, it's really good to chill out to and just uh, turn based strategy. And yeah, it's like 
there's not really much like it in terms of that type of combat where you where it's 2D and you're aiming up your shots and all of that thing. Yeah. It's really good. Really like it. Good. Um, another one is uh, Mana Spark. Um, I haven't played this. I I remember when it when it first got released like late last year or something. I added it to my wish list just because it looked interesting. It's like it looked it looks like a top down Zelda game, and in their sort of description they've got like uh, like it's got advanced combat. I haven't played it, so I haven't felt that combat. So yep, could just be a lot of bullshit. But it looks really interesting. I love the look of it, and it was down from fifteen to three dollars. Well, so, there you go. So three dollars, pretty. Pretty good yeah. for three bucks. Yeah, you know, yeah, three dollars if it's awful. I can just delete it and forget about it. Yep. And the last one is Horizon Chase Turbo. Uh, this this was a game that was brought up to my brought to my attention from the guys over, actually over at the Switch Island. Um, they're always posting on Twitter like um, all their leaderboard scores, like trying to beat at each other's time trials and stuff. Yeah. And it looks like a, it looks like a sort of old arcade game, like racing game from like like be like Outrun, if you can sort of think think of that. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like that, but like quite stylized, and that and that's down from thirty to eighteen. So I'm like, yeah, why not? Seems like a good time to pick it up. And nice, yeah. So you know, I'll probably have opinions on like the games I bought over the last month eventually. Yeah, but I'm keen to get into like I just something that isn't Mario Kart and a racing game on Switch. Yeah, like I'm keen just to chill out and just do some time trials and chill out, do some uh, Steam World Heist, and yeah. There you go. There good. You go. Yeah. Good. And. I encourage you guys to go and have a look at the eShop too. There's heaps of... There's like over 150 games on sale. It's just crazy. Heaps of cool indie games. I think the Okami's like 22 bucks and stuff like that. Ooh. Um, I might have to check that one out myself. Mm. Yeah, no. Some great deals if, you, if you've got the monies in your wallet. <laughs> I, think, I think my main problem is the space at the moment. I need to buy a new micro SD. Yeah, I've had to, I've like had to go and delete a few things too. And I've got a 250 gig memory card yeah see I've, I've still only got a 32 in mine mm. it's unfortunate really yeah but yeah it's an upgrade so you can fit all these bargains on that's it how much was how big was their Final Fantasy 12 12 you have, gig what you have to delete for that Jesus that's um, like a third of your memory card yeah Over. yeah, yeah. Um, Fortnite didn't have Fortnite on there I think I had to delete Smite yeah which was 8 gig in itself so mm. you know I can deal with that smite for a while yeah not not craving smite every day so there we go <laughs> smite it's a weird name is that when you really th- break it down smite mm. smite it's like sprite but not <laughs> <laughs> anyway let's move on to some news uh, so the the, uh, the Tetris 99 big block DLC is now available and the third Max, Maximus Cup has been announced. So, have you seen much on this uh, DLC, Bros? Yeah, it just adds in a bot mode. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it adds, adds in offline play. Uh, people probably already know the information. You get a, you get a, access to a couple more modes. One's Marathon, where you just keep on going. Classic Tetris, try and beat your high score. Yep. The other one's CPU Battle, so you're versing 99 CPUs instead yep. of real people. Uh, yep. It's... it's like when I first saw it, I'm like, "Oh, sweet!" Because oh, I got an email from Nintendo Australia telling me, like, you know, this is what's coming. This up. This is what's coming up, and I said, "Oh, cool!" And I just assumed it was a free up- update. Yeah, but it wasn't. Um, but it's it's a fifteen dollar like Australian ten dollar US update. Well, D- DLC. Yeah. So what they've pretty much done is they've with the online service, they said, "Here's this game," and like, "Oh, everyone got excited." You know, it was a talk of the town for you know a month or, t- or two. And now, now they're turning around saying, well, 
if you want like more, it's fifteen dollars. That now the now they're at, now they're selling the game to us. But I think that's okay for Tetris, fifteen bucks. You know, yeah, yeah. You, you get the Tetris ninety nine experience. I presume you can play the bot mode and all that stuff without having the online. I could be wrong. No, no, no. These two modes, you've got to buy them. Yeah, there's no I'd, there's no bot mode without paying for it. No, I'm saying I'm saying you won't have to pay. Like, if you pay for this DLC, you'll mm. be able to play the game without a Nintendo Online subscription. Yeah, yes. and you but you can't play online. You can only play the mm, yeah, bot portion, yeah. which is good. That's fine. Like, I don't have a problem with that. I think that's not a bad deal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, having classic Tetris and then a practice uh, yeah. mode for ninety nine. It's it's not an awful deal. I'm not saying like it, it's awful, but it's just I feel, I feel it makes me feel a bit funny. Just have it, and like this is like one DLC pack. The other DLC pack is going to be paid as well, so it's not just going to be fifteen dollars. Eh. <laughs> yeah. Just keep playing Tetris ninety nine. If it bothers you so much, I guess oh, it doesn't bother me so, so much. It just it just sort the of point struck, of the game. It just sort of struck me as like this. This was cool because it was an incentive for the um, Nintendo Online. Now it's just like, well, now it's not so much that. Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, pay $15, get access to the game without the subscription. So it doesn't really matter. Mm. That's just the way I see it anyway. Mm. Yeah, that's fair enough. Like, I'm not I'm not offended about it. I'm not, you know, anything. Whatever. You, you're clearly offended. About oh, it. I am just outraged. Absolutely. Yeah. Look at you. Look at me. Look how red I am. I'm like a beetroot right now, aren't yeah, I, Bryce? You're root beet. Can you even tell the difference between my face and the colour of my red Joy-Cons at no, the moment? No. No. You look God. like you're going to murder someone. I'm furious. Over Tetris 99, no less. Mm. That'll be uh, shocking. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, Nintendo president says that uh, cloud streaming will be big in the future, but he believes dedicated hardware is important. So, this is from Mr. Farakawa, and this is a quote from him. Oh, I'll read the question first. How about that? Amid a significantly changing external environment... Jesus, who worded that? Uh, including cloud gaming and, and 5G, what are your thoughts on the future of Nintendo's core integrated hardware and software business? Farakawa says, I don't think all games will move to the cloud right now, but the technology is steadily advancing... In the future, I expect that technologies such as cloud and streaming will evolve uh, as a way to deliver games to customers. We must keep up with such changes in the environment. On the other hand, I believe that our core value, uh, the unique entertainment experience that can only be achieved through the development of integrated hardware and software, will develop increasingly in value. Delving, uh, delivering unique entertainment that only Nintendo can create uh, can continue to be our top priority. Yeah. So I think that goes. Yeah. I think it goes without saying that the internet all over the world has to improve mm. before cloud gaming can even become a thing. Um, for obvious reasons, it's only available in like Japan and the US for the most part. Uh, Not the US, even just Japan. No, no. On Go- Switch. Google. On Switch. On, on Switch, yes, yeah. but in general, general, in general, Google has been testing with like Assassin's Creed Odyssey mm. and stuff like that. Yeah, like you could get a free copy of Odyssey just by playing through cloud streaming. Mm. Like that was something they did not that long ago, and it was only available to US customers. So, like, it's not, um, it's it's not a terrible option, but you would have to just have 
God, the world would have to evolve so much just for that to work, like, on a consistent yeah. basis. Like, for something, especially with the mobile platforms up and running, and, you know, they're the biggest, they're the biggest in the business, so mobile gaming and playing on handheld devices like the Switch, like, it's becoming a very premium way to enjoy, enjoy your video games. Mm. So, it's sort of... Um, you know, for them for them to have that up and running and for it to be worth it and stuff like that, public Wi-Fi would have to be better, you know. <laughs> I don't believe Nintendo. Your own Wi-Fi would have to be better. <laughs> I don't believe Nintendo can do streaming at this point. No, you, nobody you, can do streaming at this no. point. Like, um, Google Stadia, like, what they said sounded amazing. It's yep. like, when you're thinking about the future, but, like, what Farakar was saying now, like, that it's just not there and... They still need their hardware to be pushing their experiences rather than relying on a steady internet connection. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. But no, it'll be good in the future because you'll be able to play stuff like Assassin's Creed, Odyssey, mm. and stuff like that on your Switch without even having to, you know, think too much about, oh, the Nintendo Switch only has this. Yeah, well, you'll be able to play it on your toaster if it has, a, like, a little display monitor. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't exactly. matter what it is, yeah. It won't matter. And, like making like a rental service that's sort of like Netflix or something like that that'd be that'd be dope it'd be really mm. good but it's not it's not happening anytime soon yeah no way in hell mm. so. like I I don't see how uh, I, I don't think um it will, when I was thinking about Google Stadia like how they're going to price their uh, like streaming options I don't think you'll be actually doing like a Netflix thing where you're doing like $10 a month for unlimited games I don't think you'll be buying games. I think you'll just be like renting the games for so much a month, like each game. Uh, I don't know. Depends. You look at what Game Pass is now. Yeah, but Game Pass is different though. Because no, no, it's not really. The what? only difference is is you're downloading the game because streaming services aren't a thing yet. Mm. So it's essentially the same thing. They add games to a list. You pay ten dollars a month. Bam, you're gonna bunch of games yeah but i'm just thinking like say assassin new, new assassin's creed comes out and if you buy it you know and you're playing that for the next three years and you're streaming it you're using their uh, infrastructure and everything but they're not getting any more money out of you uh, yeah in cases like that that'll have to happen mm. and but like a, lo- a lot of uh companies aren't really with the idea of putting brand new games out straight to game pass or these services either just because of the the amount of money you get back is i mean xbox does with their own but that's besides yeah it, with, with their own though but someone's got to really be pushing that and if it's not them who is well we'll see yeah you know it, it could bloody well happen like with mm. with game pass and how that's evolved into what it is that's pretty impressive if anything like you're playing xbox's exclusive games day one just by paying for paying for Game Pass, mm. and I'm keen too because I want to go and play Monster Hunter World now. Game Pass, <laughs> yay! Yeah, and the new DLC was announced for that too. Oh no, that was announced ages ago. It's only just coming up with a trailer. Oh really? Yep. Yeah. Well, DLC's I'm... been announced for about three or four months now. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. See. I'm sorry. Falling behind. I'm sorry. Behind with the times. Sorry, guys. Anyway, Bryce, let's move on. So, a solid opening for Detective Pikachu's as Avengers Endgame rolls on. This is from the New York Times.com. This is a little article over there. Yeah. Uh, so, Bryce, how much do you think Detective Pikachu made in its first first uh, weekend or week? I mean, I read the article, so I already know. Oh, how much did it make? It was about 53 million. 
Yes, it was. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it it made a pretty good made a pretty good pretty good opening weekend. Yeah, like it's pretty pretty unreal how much it made. Like putting it up to Avengers Endgame. So Avengers Endgame sold uh was it sixty three point one million in ticket sales. Yeah. And so, you know, it's ten million or over ten million behind that movie, but <laughs> that movie's gonna be pushing like the top spot for box office sales. So it's pretty incredible how it was actually um how well it's doing. But apparently um Detective Pikachu beat Adventures Endgame in uh, value per theatre as well, as I was reading on the thing. I have it here. It's like right at the bottom of the article. Um it says according to Comscore, which compiles box office data, Detective Pikachu actually did slightly better per theater than Avengers Endgame. Pikachu sold an average of thirteen thousand eight hundred and three in tickets at each of its forty two thousand locations. Uh sorry, four thousand two hundred and two locations. While Endgame averaged thirteen thousand five hundred and twenty five at Four thousand six hundred sixty-two American theaters. Okay. So yeah. it, it it sold more money per theater at less theaters. Yeah, at less theaters. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it actually it actually works out that it did a little bit better per theater, but it went it was in less theaters. Mm. I wonder how that works. Just like no, well, some theaters just don't want to show Detective Pikachu. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Because I. What actually annoys me, like we went, we went and watched it, and people since are like posting pictures on Twitter, and they got the Pokemon cards. We didn't get any goddamn Pokemon cards or posters or anything. No, nah, it's it's all city. Sucks. Yeah, it's shitty. It's really shitty. We were there first screening, didn't get anything. Yeah. Oh, I want a Pikachu card. Yeah, so do I. So do I. But yeah, mm. no. I guess we just got fucked. Yeah. So the uh, ticket sales now are at. Uh, so, uh, seven hundred and twenty-three point five million, and so it's actually beaten Black Panther, which was at six hundred and seventy-eight point eight million. Mm. Not so bad. That's pretty incredible. Like that's pretty incredible. I know, like Black Panther when that came out. Obviously, it's a Marvel movie, but you know, Black Panther doesn't like not everyone recognised who Black Panther is since he's a you know, new character to the MCU at the time. Yeah, but yeah, no, still pretty incredible to beat a Marvel movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and it will keep keep pushing on, and hopefully it goes really well because I really want more of these movies. Well, apparently a sequel's in the works. Oh, really? Yeah, they they've it's... only they've only briefly said something about it. Oh, well, if it's coming out to this, they'll be silly not to. Seems like like people. Yeah, it's all yeah. People responded to it, and yeah. just 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 a reminder as well. If you've uh, watched the movie and you're after a spoiler cast, the last episode, episode ninety six, is a spoiler cast where we talk about the movie for two hours, going to all the plot points and what we thought about it so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. there is that oh. alright Bryce um, next up is another Detective Pikachu story so the Pokemon company is the reason Detective Pikachu lacks battles and there's there's not a lot in this quote but it I don't know somewhat interesting in the sort of making of the movie I guess yeah so this is by uh, Benji Samet um, uh, what, uh, what was I saying Benji Samet expressed that it it was a challenge to work around these limitations and respect the Pokemon company's protectiveness of its properties. And he says, a lot of the classic elements of a Pokemon story were not really at our disposal. At Rhyme City, there are no battles, there are no trainers, there are no Pokeballs. We often thought of it as like writing a Star Wars movie without lightsabers or or force or anything like that. The key elements are just not a part of this world. 
I actually well, if they do a sequel, I think they'll probably do more into it. Mm. Be less um, because the the whole the whole movie was sort of centered around that. You know, he's he's not capable of battle. He's not good at it, or you know that that type of thing. Yeah. Um. So I th- I think um that going forward now that we've come to the conclusion with this movie and again I'm being as non-spoilerish as possible obviously yeah. um the next the next one is more open to that type of thing I think yeah absolutely. I hope it is yeah I'd love to see it yeah yeah for sure yeah mm. so um I mean you know see how it goes yeah and I guess they had they had the uh the storyline of the game to work around too because obviously the game they're the parameters the game storyline talk so yeah yeah so that's also why like they want it to be a detective pikachu movie which is already a story told in the game yeah so yeah it would be it would be interesting uh being on the team though riding around sort of like there's no battles in this and there's no this so that's what pokemon's fundamentally built on yeah i mean they still had some battles in there but it wasn't like yeah yeah it was illegal it was ooh, yeah illegal This is another little small Pokemon story. So, Adidas and the Pokemon Company have teamed up to create some uh, cool Pokemon sneakers. None of which would ever fit me, so... Don't reckon you can get... What size are you? Size 13 adult, mate. I'm I'm not fitting in anything that's, like, promotional marketable. It's not happening. Not happening? No. No. I find it hard enough to just go down to one of the stores in Mount Gambier and just buy shoes. Yeah. Rarely ever find any. I'm generally a size 10. So. Mm, lucky prick. Yeah. Plenty of them. You know what they say? Big feet, big... Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, there's not much to that story. I I can't show the shoes on an audio podcast, but they look really cool. They're like white with Pokemon patterns and there's Pikachu-themed ones. There's Squirtle-themed ones. And I think there's like Charmander and Bulbasaur-themed ones as well. I really, I really love when like Nintendo or like the Pokemon Company or one of these companies teams up with a clothing or shoe brand. Like a couple of years ago, when Nintendo teamed up with Vans to like do the 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 Vans, the Vans, the sneakers and all that, they looked really cool. But there was no shop around where I live, so no, get them. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's that's the, that's also the problem with these mm. things is that they're yeah very limited. Yeah, they're really white though, and they can get dirty very easy. So. Keep that in mind, kids, if you're playing around in the dirt. <laughs> you silly little boys. Uh, now, Bryce, you like mobile games, don't you? You like tapping on your screen while yeah. you're listening to your Spotify? And yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but I don't like when you say it like that because it reminds me too much of Blizzard. So, so Yeah, you guys like... Uh, you guys have mobile phones, right? Yeah, yes, yes. I, I text my, uh, my boyfriend on it every now and again when they're not abusive. Uh, <laughs> oh my god calm down and I also like Diablo so you, you, yeah we're not going back there uh, <laughs> so Bryce that was a really weird segue into DNA attempting up with the Pokemon company for a mobile game and it's apparently going to be released before or by March 2020 well this is only discovered in a financial report as well so we don't know what to what extent that means we just know that it exists yeah it's going to be a, a mobile game and there's really like a a huge handful of Pokemon mobile games. Yeah, yeah, you on, know, on Switch. Obviously, you know they've teamed up with Niantic for Pokemon Go. They've done their the Game Freak's done their own in Pokemon Quest, Magikarp Splash. Yeah, there's Magikarp Splash. There's uh, that Pokemon Duel, which I haven't really had much. Pokemon Duel was fun. Was fun. Yeah, fun fun game. Yeah, based on the uh, the now extinct figure trading game. Mm. 
but it's really fun. I like it. Yeah, I heard the microtransactions were a bit rough in it. But... Uh, yeah, they are. Yeah. 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 No, I don't. I don't dabble in that shit. Mm. But I can. If there's one mobile game that's gonna like catch me and like grab me and gonna shake, catch me and grab me and take my money out of my little purse, uh, it's probably gonna be this. <laughs> probably a Pokemon theme game. So yeah. All right. Yes, Pokemon. Nice. On your mobile, get amongst it. Pocket Amenta. Pocket Monsters. And that brings us to the last story, Bryce, and this is going to be a segue into the topic of the show, but Nintendo have revealed their plans for E3 2019, and they're going to focus on games in 2019. So, you know, they've said that, they've said this before when it's like, oh, yeah, now we're just concentrating games this year. Next minute, they announced Metroid Prime 4, which is coming out, you know, 2030. So they lied to us, Bryce. They lied to us. But I don't mind. That's a good lie if they're going to announce uh, more games. But uh, they've got, uh, they're going to do the uh, um, tournaments again. So Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and Splatoon will be tournaments there, which uh, I, I always really enjoy the tournaments. I think it's a great way to sort of showcase their their games um, in a fun way. Because like, that that is their stage presence at E3 now that the directs are just pre-recording that and I think personally like I really enjoy the press conferences from Sony and Xbox but seeing like all fans get together and actually seeing people play their games is just inherently more exciting to me but yeah for sure yeah. even though like the announcements and all that stuff you're looking for at E3 aren't there but yeah I really enjoy that um, so yeah so there's there's uh, the Smash Bros thing and what, what time is that here in south australia for us um oh god it's 3 30 in the morning yeah yeah <laughs> i've got to take the day off work so that we can watch e3 because uh that's my usual working wednesday so unfortunately working wednesday well, working wednesday so i've got to take that day off i'm gonna to remember to take that day off so i can watch uh so i can watch uh thingy my bob and then the treehouse and then the smash tournament and yeah yeah so the Splatoon one isn't so bad for us. It's six thirty in the morning, so it will be following the Smash Bros. tournament. Yep, tourney. Yep. Do you think we'll see uh, character reveal like this? It'll be a great place to do it. Oh yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I think obviously um, now that Joker's out, Joker's been out for a couple of weeks now. Um, I think it's probably the opportune time to be like, all right, here's the next one. And I mean, they've got to reveal something. You know, I, I, I can't imagine Smash Brothers being there and them not being like. And then being like, got nothing for you. It's got to be soonish anyway, really. Like, oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, so, yeah. Like e- I think it's pretty obvious that E three will be the next time mm. we get a sort of an announcement and then a rough release date. Yeah, because last year we got we got like the Splatoon DLC announced at the Splatoon tourney. Yeah, and stuff like that. Like, it's it's cool to see uh, Splatoon still there as well. Like, obviously they're their support, their two-year support afterwards has ended. You know, there's no more, like, new weapons and that coming, but it's yeah, it's cool they're still showing off the game. Yeah. And uh, the big one, Bryce, to the uh, Nintendo Direct, that will uh, focus entirely on games scheduled to come out 2019. It'll be, uh, what's it? It's one thirty in the morning for us on Wednesday the 12th. Yeah. So, that's not too that's not too bad a time. That's the time... No, that's it's not too th- bad. I just have to take a day off work. <laughs> yeah, because by the time we... um finish doing everything watch it and we'll be recording an episode straight after and putting it up so our uh, thoughts and wrap ups and all that will be right there yeah we won't be getting to sleep till 4.35 o'clock in the morning 
And I mean, I'll have a, I'll have a decent amount of sleep before I got to go to work. But like, I just want to be able to wake up the next morning and then get everything else sorted and whatever. So I'll just swap my shift with someone and make it work. Mm. Yeah, that's the best take- way that I see it. June twelfth. Oh no, that's the day I've got my my renal canal exam. Yeah, actually, it is some. It is it is a day I've got something on which I can't get out of. <laughs> so yeah, I'll be oh I'll be dead that day. I've actually got like a I'm doing like an ag course at the moment. Each, every couple of months, we go around to like different farms just to sort of see sort of like keep track of like stock and that we're sort of learning how to um manage sheep and that like it's like a management course right so every every two months you can't get out of it because it's government subsidized yep so i can't get out of it so i just realized that as we're recording this so oh well that's gonna be fun what time is that in the morning drew about nine o'clock Ooh, yeah you're gonna have fun no that's <laughs> oh, right it's, it's in the uh if it was anything else Maybe I'll do it. sleep, but I won't be able to sleep when there's an Nintendo Direct on. No, no. you won't. No. Mm. So it's good that it's officially out there. We we knew that you know Nintendo's going to probably have a tournament and a direct, and they are so awesome. Yep. And of course, there's the uh, Treehouse Live stuff. Of afterwards. course. Yeah. Which is which is awesome as well. I always love seeing uh, seeing all that. And I mean, I'm excited for this year because for them to say that that they're going to focus games that are coming out in 2019, and hopefully that also means the first half of 2020. Yeah, as like, well, because I feel like I feel like there's by the time you've hit that, that's only a six month plan. Hmm. You know, I, I feel like you make it a full 12 month plan. Kind of makes sense. Like, sure, I don't want to hear about anything that's maybe post E3 next year. Because that's a bit more longer of a wait, but I think a twelve-month plan per E3 cycle is a pretty good way to go about it. Mm, yeah, um, I do too. there's obviously a lot on the table at the moment. Uh, Metroid's definitely not going to be out by then, but you know, no. Animal Crossing. We won't uh, see. I don't think we'll see Metroid. We won't see Metroid. No, we won't see Metroid. No. Animal Crossing, Fire Emblem, Pokemon. You know, yeah. There's a there's a lot out there that can be like more dug into, like yep. the Link's Awakening remake and everything can be shown. Exactly. Got, yeah. Astral Chain from Platinum and yeah and oh shit I almost forgot Astral Chain that's like one game that that's mm. really on my radar too there's be Mario Maker 2 coming out two weeks after E3 yeah there's a lot of stuff dude like there's this is a jam packed year there's so many games I gotta buy this, Luigi's Mansion 3 hasn't Real been problem Luigi's Mansion 3 hasn't been shown or dated or anything it's no. just slated for this year yep uh, like there's a lot probably forgetting something else like other things too but but in saying that there is a lot to be excited about and uh e3 is a huge time of year for us where we usually every year we get together we watch watch you know the announcements unless there's like the occasion where you went on holiday for six months you were gone nowhere to be found in the Bahamas, I don't know, eating coconuts. No, I was up the east, east coast. <laughs> I wasn't eating coconuts. No. Well, there you go. I was eating a lot of Domino's pizza, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but it's something we convene on every year. Um, and yeah. we watch together. Might sit around, have a drink, do something. You know, it's in the awesome. case of since we started the podcast, we do that. It's awesome. I love it so much, man. I, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't want to 
miss out on it for the world. No. Honestly. It's a great time of year for, for us. It's always the week of my birthday too. Exactly. Just like cherry on the top. Yeah. That's all... If someone's like, if someone asks me like, oh, what do you want for your birthday? I'm like, just give me, just give me the day off so I can just watch E3 all day, please. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can't do it this year. God damn it. <laughs> um. So that being said, it's obviously a big pastime for us, and I'm sure it is a pastime for you know a whole bunch of people around the world to sort of sit around the TV at E3, see what's going to happen, Ooh, yeah. what's Ooh. coming up. Ooh. Um. But a lot of companies are starting to dip out. And this is the topic of the show here. Dun, dun. Um, a lot of companies are starting to dip out because they either don't have anything to show or they're too busy planning for the next move or something like that. But some companies are just flat out like lessening their attendance to E3. So Nintendo was a big one, obviously, back a few years ago now, uh, where they will no longer have a stage presence. They yeah. kind of just purely stick to treehouse and uh their tournaments which they've got going now for smash brothers and splatoon um but uh this year we're also not seeing sony there yeah at all at all and we're not seeing ea there at all which whatever but it's still big in terms of like (laughs) inside the industry ea not being there is still a big thing um, and we're seeing we're seeing little littler companies sort of also not really making their presence anymore. So the show's looking very light this year. Mm. Doesn't look like there's going to be a lot going on, which is very uh, disheartening in a way. It I is, guess. Yeah. Um, but I think the main question that I want to bring to the table is: Is E3 losing losing its touch? Like, are people just not as excited anymore, or what is the reason behind people? leaving here because obviously we know that uh nintendo sort of just thought well we're doing directs throughout the year and they've got they had their forward plan uh these companies obviously don't have a lot to talk about um right now and even if they did uh i i don't think they would be there anyway because e3 is just slowly falling out of favor Mm. so what do you think is going to happen in the next couple of years do you think these companies will return when the next big console boom is on um, with the PS5 and the Xbox 2 and the Switch Pro <laughs> you know I, I don't see Sony going for like going away forever um, I think they'll be I, I assume they'll come back say next year I just this year especially on the Sony side you know they've got the PlayStation 5 you know probably coming out next year um, their exclusives that are coming out Ghost of Tsushima uh, you know um, Death Stranding a lot of these games have been talked about to death and th- for them to rock up and do last year's press conference again where they're like yeah. here's here's all these games I think I think it makes sense just to be like alright we've got really nothing to show we've got these first party games in development and th- that's still the case now so we're not going to rock up this year right but I feel like even with last year even even with last year I feel most of the presentations were pretty weak Mm. I don't I like the only thing I remember exciting happening last year I think it was was um, uh, Microsoft acquiring all of these oh the studios yeah. all these studios which was like a huge thing so like, we're going to have news. games yeah. not next E3 maybe not the year after that yeah. but we will have games and everyone's like yes yeah exactly yeah. yeah and that was like the biggest thing to come out and then with with Sony they had like a real real blunder 
Yeah, that was pretty. That was shocking to watch. Like, they had a bloody awful conference where they shifted theaters. Decent, decent content, but like just the way they pre- <laughs> like presented their presentation was awful. Now that guy playing the flute that everybody just like made a bad flute version of uh, All Star <laughs> to put over it. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, like, their, their games looked phenomenal, but just the way they shown them off and having to, like... I remember watching it and they cut to, like, Sid Schumann and those guys from the PlayStation blog to sort of show off other stuff and they showed off, like, Call of Duty DLC. I'm like, what is this? You're yeah. framing it... You're framing, like, stuff in, like, the most uninteresting way. And one of the most frustrating things about that was afterwards, when, when you sort of come back, you're like, oh, some there was actually some neat little announcements made, but... We didn't see them because the stream cut out to black while it was people were walking to the next theater and stuff. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and I, th- I think just going back to Nintendo, I think a lot of this is coming back to just how how the internet has changed things for the games industry. Like back in 2013, when Nintendo decided to go, all right, no conference, just a pre-recorded video because this is what we're doing now. We're doing Nintendo Directs throughout the year, and E3 is no different. We're going to pres- maybe put a bit more announcements in it, a bit more polish and excitement into it, but it is what we're doing throughout the year. It doesn't change our plans. And other other companies are starting to see, like, if we control the message, we'll be able to sort of make it suit us a lot more. Yeah, right. And PlayStation are making it, um, you know, are making that pretty obvious. They've just started their... State of play. Yeah, their state of play. So you'll be able to um, tune in and see, you know, announcements from them, whether they're small VR things in one episode or big first party things in the next episode but yeah um, yeah and it's it's also like a change in the uh, sort of environment of E3 so like the public are allowed in there like they're, they're trying yeah. to mm-hmm. sort of counteract sort of people they, they, have, they have more room now with uh, less companies there so if they can sort of make it up with ticket sales from people from the public that'll be able to sort of balance it out and it sort of looks like it's going to go the way of like Gamescom in Europe where that's the biggest um, uh, conf- like uh, convention. Convention. It's not conference. I just had that in my head. But it's the biggest convention or gaming convention in the world. And you know, you d- we don't think about it that much because there's, there's a few announcements that come out of that, but nothing like huge like E3. Yeah. 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 And it's also like... E3 was always like, you know, people from retail will go there and sort of say oh the Assassin's Creed game looks good and there's a lot of excitement about it we'll order this many shipments in and now it's not so much about that it's more about well fan hype because it's it, drumming it's, up fan hype yeah. it sells the games getting people excited yeah. about that because at the end of the day you can appeal to businesses with this sort of thing and like Nintendo kind of made a bad groove of this when they had their initial thing with the Switch uh, oh, back yeah. in like the the month before it was released or something. Yeah, back in February. Yeah, of 2017. Yeah, yeah that's it. Um, this was kind of a bad move for them, but at the same time, I was just excited for the console in general and for Breath of the Wild and everything. But um, they were talking to investors and they live streamed it so people could watch. Yeah, and they had a uh, what's his name from EA who literally just looked like <sighs> he got off the plane and he was jet lagged as fuck and he just could not talk he, yeah <laughs> he just didn't he was not interested he's like i don't think maybe it was that but it was just it's like yeah i called my kid luigi i really like nintendo all right yeah just buy fifa <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that like yeah. oh yeah i love nintendo i called my kid luigi it's like why'd you call your kid luigi <laughs> yeah why'd you call him luigi 
Are you Italian? That's a bit weird if you're not Italian. Like, maybe yeah, it's a bit Italian. strange. I would have no also idea. Also, maybe slightly slightly nationalist. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really like this green, green very, hysterical, uh, very stereotypical plumber, so I'm going to call him Luigi. He just grows up and he's like, what the fuck, Dad? <laughs> what the... <laughs> um, so, yeah, just... In in that perspective, that that wasn't a really good move because there was a lot of backlash from that mm. as well. You know, a lot of people were like, "Ah, oh, it was so business oriented and boring." And it's just like, well, after their last console, they kind of need to appeal to investors because this, yeah, it was a weird thing. Like, like they have like the initial trailer showing the concept of the Switch, mm-hmm. and then the like more information February. It's going to be live streamed. And that's when everyone is like, what is this console all about? Yep. And that's how they framed it. It was a bit weird. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they showed it off and it looked good and like all the information was nice. And that Breath of the Wild trailer was like one of my favorite video game trailers of all time. I think it was my favorite trailer of all time. It was amazing. Oh. So much emotion in that trailer. Yeah. Oh my God. That sold me so much. But it also reminded me of like, oh yeah, this is why Nintendo doesn't do live conferences anymore. Yeah. Because it wasn't good. No. If you think back to 2012 at E3, like... Skyward Sword? No, that was too fa- that was the year before. Skyward Sword was 2010 or That's whatever. right. Yeah, this was when Reggie... This is the blowout of the Wii U and Reggie's showing off like a zombie U and the camera feature. <laughs> and he's just going, oh, no, no, on the... On, like on live... Yeah, stream. So, oh dear, but it was a mess. Yeah. And then that game released everywhere else, just a zombie. Yeah, yeah, just what everyone needed. And everybody was just like, "Isn't this just zombie?" You like, "Yes, cool." So why am I interested? <laughs> it was pretty cheap though when it came out. Yeah, I mean, I guess it was kind of a critical failure, really. Like I tried to play Zombie U and nah, nah, <laughs> nah. Like it, I I got stuck really early. Because it was just sort of like... You couldn't get your oops. hand into your backpack. It's like, oops, I tripped an alarm, so my character died and I had to go back there and there was nothing to pick up on the way. So I only had a base baseball bat to beat off 12 zombies. Like, how the shit are you supposed to do that? Yeah. The game is, like, made to be brutal. Like, yeah. And it was. And it was. It yeah. was. I didn't know there was going to be an alarm there, so I kind of just put the game down and said, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I said, fuck it. All right, so that's a box quote. Just, just fuck, fuck it. it. Yeah. Because, um, well, in, in speaking about Nintendo and their success through E3, um, it's not like they ever had, they, they never had a good conference. Oh, there no. there was great nice. conferences from Nintendo, um, but in, in terms of stuff like that with the Zombie U and the bad Skyward Sword and the Wii Music and... Oh, that was a shocker. All that stuff that people remember that's all, like, shockingly trash. It was it was really bad, yes, and it was a really bad way to have uh, those sort of experimental technologies and stuff like that showing on the show floor like it was supposed to be the next level when... Um, <laughs> The problem with Skyward Sword was all the interference and stuff like that from all the other electronics around the room. Obviously, you're not going to experience that stuff at home and the game's going to feel a lot better when you're playing it at home. Unless you're one of those uh, people who take 50 phones to play Pokemon Go around. Yeah. Then you're trying to play Skyward Sword when you get home. Old man, from... old man on Japan, in Japan with a bicycle. Yeah, which yeah. is like 50 phones on his bike. Yep. So, when he gets home and he wants to play Skyward Sword and it just won't work. So... <laughs> you know that dude is just selling accounts. He's not playing oh, yeah. it because he really loves Pokemon Go. He's totally selling accounts. Oh, it'd have to be. Like, if you if you, if you absolutely love the game, you might have, like, three. 
Yeah. You're not going to have 50. That's, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, no way. Um, <laughs> but just stuff like that, and I think, like, a combination of, um, with the way Nintendo likes to structure things, it just wasn't working out for them. So they went on to directs, and they do direct plan, like, like planned little videos. They do them so well. They get, get out a lot of information, very, very well directed, and they do it in, you know, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's all really good. Um, but, yeah, with the conferences, it was just, yeah. Yeah, so where do you see Nintendo going with uh, E3? You reckon they're going to stick to it? How yeah. they're constantly going? Look, um, unless unless Doug Bowser's going to become some sort of, like, real lockdown company tyrant, which I don't think he is. I don't, I've hardly heard anything from him. That's, he's busy getting into his new role, I dare say. I'd, I'd say so, but it's just sort of like, how do I gauge this guy when I don't know anything about him? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, whereas Reggie, Reggie, when he did fill his shoes, he was super charismatic and he did all this. I really hope Doug Bowers is the same. Yeah, well, we might see his uh, first uh, real big appearance as a uh, president at N- Nintendo that, that Direct. That would be great. Doing uh, the tournaments, he might come out on stage, and he'll, and he'll have to, I dare say. That would be great. Yeah, because look, I I think um, the legacy we have behind is um, was all about when Nintendo when uh, Nintendo had a conference and Reggie walked out on that stage as himself for the first time. Mm. Two thousand four, kicking ass, taking names, making games. Yeah, it was yeah. I wasn't like around. Well, I was around, but I wasn't like watching that live or anything no but but it was such an awesome moment yeah yeah it was his pivotal moment and he became you know this he became nintendo mr nintendo everybody knew knew who reggie fils was um just he he became just as iconic as miyamoto did in a lot of ways just for different communities reggie became a huge meme you know miyamoto was the person that's like i created mario and zelda and you know and he was he was big because he created a childhood. Reggie was big because he was basically the super ultimate meme lord. And his body was ready. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So it's just sort of um, him coming out on stage would be great and getting to sort of get a gauge on him and stuff like that. But I'd like to think he's not about to try and make any huge changes, which means that it would probably just keep on going as it is for a while. I think these Nintendo ran tournaments for Splatoon and Smash Brothers are a great idea because they really push the competitive nature of those games and get more people interested and that's good mm. uh, because the problem with Nintendo and competitive games is they've never really melted well. Mm. They've had yeah, Smash yeah. Brothers, yes, but like you've never heard anything about competitive Mario Kart or you know something else, I guess. Yeah. Competitive GoldenEye 007. <laughs> you know, um, it, doesn't, it doesn't exist. So, it's sort of uh, a case of... See where B- Doug Bowser goes with it, I guess. Mm. But I don't think he's about to change anything massive. I think Nintendo have a very good setup at uh, E3. They have... A, they Well, Reggie did at least. Had a very good established connection with a lot of content creators. Um, on YouTube and stuff. Pro Jared? Oh, God. <laughs> I'm not even going to talk about Pro Jared no, on this podcast. Don't. No, don't. No way. No way. Not the time or the place. <laughs> no, but other content creators that were better than Pro Jared, like the completionist. The completionist. Yes. Exactly. He, he was a... 
He was normal boots. Yeah, he, he is no, normal. No, I was boots. about to say he's just normal. Yeah, <laughs> as far as we know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, Matt Pat as well. Matt Pat did um, mm. that one episode of uh, God. What was it called? Oh yeah, um, talking about Reggie's uh, no Nintendo's like place in the games industry. Yeah, whether they should keep making physical hardware yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, that, that basically, it, yeah. yeah, it was a really good video. Yeah, it was, and that made a lot of sense back in the heyday of the Wii U yeah it did yeah, yeah. And it was it was a really good video too because you got a lot of information from Reggie just by working with a content creator he sort of you know put more emphasis into it and that was the important part about it, Reggie is that he had such presence that if he was on screen talking about something you knew that he was gonna gonna do his damn best to make that kind of stuff happen yeah this, this is what I really like about Nintendo and how they see E3 like Sony this year they're trying something different they want to push their own message but their way of doing that is saying we're removing ourselves from E3 altogether you won't hear a word from us yeah um, and they're probably going to end up doing some PlayStation experience or their own event at the end of the year or early next year when they ever decide that it's time to announce the PlayStation 5 yeah most likely but yeah. Nintendo's like we've got a new school approach to how we're pushing our message and advertising through the Nintendo Direct but they're also still got that old school thinking of E3 is the time of year, you know, New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, other things that aren't IGN and gaming websites are going to be paying attention to our games and hardware. Yeah. So, you know, they'll be able to do interviews with, you know, Fox News and all of these places. You know, you've seen Reggie in the past doing interviews. They'll be able to do, uh, it'll be a great time. It's an awesome time to collaborate with content creators, like we said. Mm-hmm. You see, like, a that that's the time of year where he just did interview after interview with people like that. And, you know, it's also a good, great time to get all the fans together and celebrate their games, not just promote them, not just, you know, just whatever. Just like, you know, this if... After watching like everything at E3, I remember one year I was like, "All right, everything just looks the same now. It's starting to like, merge together." Yeah. Especially back in 2014, when I was like, "Oh, it's a, it's another brown game with a <laughs> with a gun." All right. Like it, it really did start to look like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, it did. It, it was. Yeah. That's the thing is like, gaming has had its trends over the years for very obvious reasons where people just buy into whatever's now it's like neon colors i love it <laughs> yeah at the moment yeah lots of lots of very vibrant and pretty colors but like um yeah back in those days where everything was just browning guns and yeah all that shit that's when pr was hard <laughs> yeah like it was really hard to sort of stand out and just be like every every kid in there and their toy poodle wants brown and guns mm. i'll never i'll never forget 2014 like we like no no seriously we we sat down and we watched Microsoft we watched Ubisoft EA uh Sony like we watched we watched all of them <laughs> yeah. and well by the end I was like oh man all the games are just starting to look the same and it's all about like cinematic storytelling you know shooting this doing open world it's like it all I was like oh my god I've had enough there was no variety and yeah. you know Obviously, we're looking forward to Nintendo's the most because we're big Nintendo fans. And Nintendo started; they started off with robot a robot chicken skit. Yep. And I was like, "What the hell is this?" And we were just in tears. And yeah. then they did like a Reggie versus Satoru Iwata skit to introduce Me Fighter to Smash Bros. Yeah. And then they show, showed off Zelda like for the first time, and it looked beautiful. Obviously, a lot better looking than it actually did look because that's what game companies do at E3. Yeah. But it was just 
Nintendo just continue to excite and amaze me with th- th- their games. Like, I'm, oh yeah, yeah. And it's why I'm such a passionate Nintendo fan because they keep me excited for what it is, and they yeah. do do different stuff than the rest of the industry. They do. Mm-hmm. Like Nintendo gets pinned a lot, and like this has happened to me before, but at work, um, my uh, boss bought her ten year old daughter a PlayStation. Mm-hmm. because she wanted a video game console for whatever reason she bought her a stack of games to go with it because uh, spoiler alert she wanted to play the PlayStation as well she's like I was de- <laughs> she was like I was deliberating what console to get and I went with the PlayStation because I thought um, that she'd be too old for the Switch I'm like okay what do you mean too old for the Switch yeah because Nintendo's oh right for kids yeah gotcha. Nintendo's eccentric like eccentriated with kids but it's not it, it's accentuated it, it, it involves itself with all sorts of genres which um, especially now like there's a lot of R-rated games on Switch <laughs> yeah a lot of the experiences that come out of um, PlayStation and Xbox are all like cinematic experiences with violence involved and stuff like that and it does happen you can't tell me and it doesn't happen but a lot of their exclusive games and titles and stuff like that, that's all it is, is violence and, you know, cinematic experiences and... Yeah, for the most part, yeah. Dialogues, and then you get maybe a racing game in there every now and then. Yeah, like with Sony, you know, you, you had that bit where, like, Ratchet and Clank is probably their their only, like, first-party exclusive where you could easily hand it to a kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, obviously, Spyro and Crash have come back through Activision doing remasters. Yeah, but they're, they're remasters too. Yeah, like, they're yeah. not. They're not... Yeah. And... Uh, with Nintendo, it's sort of like they have that in the background, but they also have these very unique uh, experiences in different ways. Like obviously, putting Mario and Zelda together, those games are very different games. They might look a lot more bright and colourful than a lot of games on the market, and that could arguably say, "Oh, you know, this cell shaded and this Mario, they kind of look the same or whatever." But they offer two completely different gameplay experiences in a lot of ways. Hmm. Um, you know, Zelda's basically a physics simulator. Yeah, definitely Breath of the Wild. Like Breath yeah. of the Wild is pretty much just a physics simulator. I'm, you- I'm I'm still seeing videos in my timeline where people are like still working out different ways to fly and yeah, doing things that people had never figured out before. Yeah, you know, um, it it still happens with Breath of the Wild today, and then Mario's you know more more of a story centric sort of thing, and then you know Xenoblade Chronicles is a JRPG with completely different mechanics you know there's a lot of variety in nintendo stuff and a lot of a lot of stuff that i get from playstation xbox not saying i hate it but it is hey you have a gun or you have a sword or you have a gun sword or you have a sword gun oh sword guns they're cool Yeah, yeah you know uh or you fight with your fists or you know this that this and that and it typically does end in violence. I mean, Sometimes Mar- I just want to play a Mario game where I'm not shooting someone or you, punching someone in the face. You're jumping on them. Yeah, I'm jumping on them <laughs> or rolling into them or something that's just a little a little lighter on the head. I don't need to play something. What about Zelda? That's uh, that's swords still. I, I mean, it is, but you can. That's the thing with Zelda. You can also do a lot of creative things. It's like you can take a giant boulder with mag- with a magnesis or something and then fling it up in the air and drop it on top of them. Like, that's not something you can do in a lot of games. Yeah. Good old uh, magnesis, eh? 
in good old magnesis or stasis you can like yeah. smash a rock like a bunch of times with stasis then hop on top of it and then send yourself flying across the map like there's just like a lot of neat shit you can do in Zelda yeah. that doesn't have to result in you attacking something with a sword mm. I mean yeah yeah, I, I yeah, absolutely love Nintendo. Good the, on them. There's so many, there's so many creative games in the way that Nintendo games are. If that makes sense, mm. like if if you were to look at a Sony studio, for example, like their first party, this is their studio studio. What are their last <laughs> last couple of major titles? Uh, Horizon, Detroit Become Human, which was second party. Obviously, God of War. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spider-Man that's second party well yeah from Insomniac uh, so like, there's two open like, world, there's three well like, I, I think I think especially with Sony and Nintendo they perfectly contrast one another you're not going to see anything that Nintendo's doing on a Playstation console no 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 absolutely no, not no, I'm, I'm not I'm not saying from Nintendo I'm just saying like experiences like that yeah and you're, you're not going to see the experiences Playstation first parties are making on Switch either yeah like that's why the Playstation and Switch together are so good because yep. you can like if you if you want to if you want something to look beautiful and really be immersed into a story you can go and play uncharted and the last of us and these things on playstation yeah whereas on switch it's a completely different thing and I, I get that but i just want to sort of make a point out of like the last the last couple of years horizon god of war spider-man detroit become human detroit uh well Yes, but Days Gone. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's recent. Yeah, Days. I haven't played that one though. Days Gone. Yeah. The Last of Us. How many of those games aren't sort of centered around the same sort of ideal? One of them, which is Detroit, which is purely purely a story based thing. It's not about killing things for profit or anything like that. The other four games, they all sort of center the same thing. That thing is bad. Kill it with your thing that you've got on your back you know what I'm saying yeah yeah I know what you're saying it, but you can make that argument for so many video games though I feel like it's just you can but I'm saying like for the last few years with Sony that's that's a lot of what their first party titles have been mm. a lot of first party title Nintendo games are sort of like here's an open world game here's a level by level game here's a party game here is a racing game here is a 2D platformer and you know they sort of just they have they have more variety in a different tone mm. I don't want to play something serious all the time something I want sometimes I want to play something that's light or something that's like diverse in how it plays like Breath of the Wild or you know something that's weird like Mario Odyssey can be sometimes yeah you know yeah. I, I, I don't I don't want to have to play a, like a gritty game every time I play something and that's what the Switch is good for it's just a lot of people don't seem to understand that is where I'm getting at is a lot of people sort of just like oh it's kiddie to look at colourful things I'm like probably there's there's a lot of colourful things on the Switch I know as an adult I really like colourful things because <laughs> yeah, it's a little little less depressing than looking out the window and seeing a dark grey sky and like <laughs> oh shit I've got to go out there today <laughs> yeah well, it's not even just that like you know when I when I come home like when I'm playing a video game I like just to smile feel happy exactly know? not not saying that I'm like fucking depressed all the time when I get home and it just makes my day but no exactly <laughs> yeah but that, that that's what I'm saying is that you'll get an experience out of PlayStation games and stuff like that but they're 
Um, their pool at the moment is pretty shallow in what they're offering as... Um, it's not even really a genre base. It's more of like a conception base. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I definitely see where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'd, again, again, it's not that I hate those types of experiences because I was all over those types of experiences. Yeah. Like, and, years ago. And, and you've played like a decent amount of like the PlayStation exclusives and that too. Yeah. Like, absolutely. it's not like, it's not like you haven't played them or whatever. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But like, it's, yeah, it's, it's just, it's so all over the place. Yeah. My favorite PlayStation exclusive is Gravity Rush 2 because it's so colorful. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But nobody fucking plays it, do they? Like, no, that, that made, that made me cry. Yeah. That made me cry. Just looking at it from that perspective, it's just like there are unique titles like that on PlayStation, but there's not enough people buying them to keep them going because they all want to kill something. Back in the PS3 days, um, they're a lot more experimental with like the titles they're putting out, whether it was yeah. just like little games on PSN. And I think that's the point I'm trying to make too. Yeah, I I'm, I really miss the, the Sony from PlayStation 3 and Vita. Yeah. Because, like, just how much more experimental they were with smaller games and their first-party games. Yeah. But now they're they're seeing way more success in what they're doing now, so you can't blame them. Yeah, because it's it's just appealing to a bigger crowd that's just like, I just want to see the same shit all the time. And I don't find that... I don't find that interesting. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, it's, it's really hard to be like, yeah, I'll buy a game that's basically the same game that I bought a month ago. You know, I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be sad because like Jimmy, Jimmy Good Goodfingers is going to die. Uh, I'm going to kill a big bad dude, but at what cost? <sighs> Stressful decisions. Are you talking about Endgame or something? <laughs> Avengers Endgame. Big, Johnny Big Fingers is he? Um, <laughs> Thanos. Thanos and Jesus. No, you know what I'm saying, like. Uh, I know, I know what you're saying. Yeah, every every game in the sort of recent years is like everything has to have a consequence. You know what I'm saying? And even Detroit's like that. Everything has to have a consequence. Yeah, and it does. And it does. It's like it's like you did a bad thing, so now you go to jail and rot in there for three years, and then come out. It's like the funny the funniest gameplay I've ever watched of Detroit Become Human is when um, uh, Critical did an entire playthrough, and he hated he, he didn't he didn't hate Connor, but he was set out to make Connor like the worst possible thing he could be. Mm. So just like Connor, whenever there was a quick time event, he just let him fail every single time. <laughs> so he, Connor died like four times in his playthrough. Yeah, okay. It was just funny. Yeah. Because it was just funny. But that's that's saying something. It's like, bad things have a consequence. You fail this quick time event, Connor's dead. You know, yeah. it's just sort of like... I, I I really like those types of games though. When like, story story games story based games are fine. When there's like I actually guess. actually stakes and like what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, but it's just like I don't know. It's it's the same reason I couldn't play Last of Us. I think the Last of Us was just sort of like doom and gloom and like there's no good ending to this. Really, is there? Uh, Last of Us was really good. I really liked Last of Us. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and, I, and I'm not saying that you can't. I'm just saying I that know. I played. A, I've played a lot of games like it. And it stops me pl- from playing a lot of games. Like, I, I already know what's... I haven't even played Spider-Man. It was considered one of the best games of the year. And I already know what's going to happen by the end of Spider-Man. I already know. I don't even have to... I don't even have to say anything. Know what's going to happen. An important character will probably die by the end. <gasps> Shocking. Wow. Just to make you feel something. Yeah. You know? And it's like sometimes I just I don't want to have to feel feel something. I just want to be a dopey fucker. All right, that that's all I'm saying. That's, so that's so all sometimes I'm say on you that. just want to be a dopey fucker, 
That's why you're playing Nintendo games. Exactly right. Like, and I, I don't think I don't think that spars age limits. I think like there's a lot of things you can play on Nintendo that are sort of up there on the age rating that you can play to be a dope you fucker. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, no. I like Nintendo. That's where our conversation started. Well, and uh, just going back to our topic, you don't have to worry about Sony exclusives because they won't be at E3 this year. No, but. I don't know whether that's depressing or not considering what happened with Days Gone there's like you know that that like with um so- Sony Bend the studio making it they hadn't done a console game since was it PS2 they may have been mainly doing stuff like Resistance on PSP and the Uncharted game on Vita yeah so I think for like the team the size of them I think they're a team of about 200 people and that's ma- great making their first open world game on brand new hardware you know it's not going to be God of War standard it's not going to be what the other studios have done but I think it I think it turned out not too bad yeah but I'm okay I'm okay with that but just sort of like the reception it's come out to and the amount of hype that was built up towards it and stuff like that only to come out to which happens a lot at the moment with a lot of games yeah, I, I, I didn't feel like there was that much hype for it. I, I, I know there was a bit of hype in the... Oh, there definitely was hype. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I sort of knew it was going to be, you know... And, uh, yeah... It's going to be a good game, a 7 out of 10 type of thing. Yeah. I wasn't... Anyone who was expecting it to be any more is kind of kidding themselves. But. It's like with Last of Us 2 at the moment, too. Like, everybody's like, that's going to be a good game. I'm like, is it, though? I think... No, it's going to be a great game. Um, Just with me... But the, is it, though? <laughs> no, I think it's going to be an excellent game. It's going to be probably up there with game of the year for whatever year it comes out but with the last of us it's like i played that game i've lived i've lived in that world and i don't really want to go back just for how dire it is and this game's got you know time's gone on it's only worse now yeah exactly i I don't know if i want to because i went back for the dlc when that came out for the last of us i'm like i don't want to be here (laughs) no i've had enough like i've had my taste i've had my story it was great it was amazing it was a roller coaster of emotions you've heard your salt lick pop yeah 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 no I feel you I just think it yeah at the, at the end of the day it's really hard to sort of just be like where do I draw the line on like telling somebody that they're wrong <laughs> <laughs> so, so in short Switch has plenty of adult experiences if you're looking for them and N- not not per se adult experiences I just think it's more of a case of like you pick it's you, not just for kids you play what you what you feel like playing you don't have to look like an adult or a kid to enjoy something does that make sense? yeah you know I think that's pretty obvious by we now we went and watched Detective Pikachu and talked about it for two hours it was fucking great and it was awesome I enjoyed every moment of you it you don't see us going oh you know it's a bit, a bit kiddie it's like Probably, probably is. Yeah. It absolutely is a bit kiddy. <laughs> I grew up with Pokemon. You would, would have thought I would upgrade it by now, but instead I got De- Detective Pikachu over here on the desk judging me. Look at him pointing at you. We've got the big Detective Pikachu amiibo just sitting here. Ross is examining it. It's been pointing at me. Yeah, nah. It's got a, it's got a nice uh, erect tail there. Boing, 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 boing. Oh, jeez. Anyway, Ross, I think that brings us to the end of the show. I think, yeah. I think you, we ranted about... Um, other companies games for long enough <laughs> it was about E3 it was yeah, just it was, happened yeah. in the last 10 minutes yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's a good episode, Bros. Um, Absolutely, I enjoyed it, mate. And we'll, I'd like to thank you guys for listening to the House of Mari episode ninety-seven. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, please uh, consider subscribing on your podcast service of choice and leave us a five-star review. It really helps with the algorithms and the search functions and all of that fun stuff on podcast services. Because as far as I know, I don't think there's uh, any other way to break the algorithms. I'm, well, yeah. I'm no, I'm no algorithm doctor, but here we are. If, if you're famous and you're listening to this podcast, push us. That's what we're saying. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. Everyone's famous. Everyone's famous in their own way. So just you don't know who's listening to us. PewDiePie could be listening to us. I don't know. He's not. You never know. He's too busy bloody on Reddit looking at memes. How many? How many? How many people from uh, uh, London are on your uh, stats, there, mate? Oh about 13 yeah, one of them could be PewDiePie you oh, never well, know the, well the UK I haven't actually gone into the actual city by city stats alright well there you go yeah okay yeah not me but my, my point is my point is is uh, yeah push us push us, push us. <laughs> yeah, no, pu- I'm, I'm kidding now push us in the UK and uh, um, Europe because a lot of our listeners are from Australia and the US oh yeah obviously we, we, need, we need to breach some different countries here bros yeah, yeah. Sure. anyway we are also a part of the 8-bit collective 22 podcast creators and 10 podcasts come together to uh, put some good content in your ear holes. What was that? Sorry, I can't hear you. My ear so, holes. Yeah, well, so your ear holes are blocked because it's full of uh, pus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Couldn't have just said wax. No. You know? No, I couldn't. I had to say pus. Yeah, good old pus. <laughs> yeah. And Bryce, where can, they, where can they find you on Twitter, mate? Uh, Ivy Riven. And you can find me at iDruby and the show at the House of Mario. All of those on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And uh, this week's Nintendo Jukebox is on a different computer. Yeah, because we have two. That's how fancy we are, villains. Yeah. So this is a, a song by Ben Briggs, and it's a Yoshi's Island remix called Make Eggs, Eat, Eat eggs. eggs. Yes. Yes. Anyway, guys, enjoy your week, and uh, see and you later. Eat plenty of eggs. Mm, yum, 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 yum. Delicious. <laughs> Thank you.